Welcome to episode 57 of Special Situation Investing, Total Energy's Oil Sands Spinoff. Companies divesting assets for social rather than economic reasons could spell opportunity for savvy investors. We've covered oil and gas investments extensively on the show and risk beating a dead horse by addressing the sector again. But whenever business leaders resolve to act based on ideology rather than sound economics, opportunity can't be too far away. Total Energies, TTE, is the company we'll cover today, and we hope to illustrate the broader driving force behind oil and gas mispricing using the specifics of TTE's recently announced spinoff. To begin, in September of this year, Total Energies announced its intention to spin off its Canadian oil sands unit, stating that the assets do not fit with the French oil major's low emissions strategy. The final decision is pending a shareholder vote in May of 2023, but it will likely be approved as it is in line with the other recently announced decisions the company has followed through with. What Total Energies didn't announce about the divestiture is, in our opinion, more significant than what it did say. Typically, spinoff announcements hit on one or more common themes, such as better alignment between management shareholders or increased clarity and ease of valuation for the market or clarification of the capital structure, along with a few other classic spinoff reasons. In the case of TTE's announcement, however, the reason has very little to do with the business and a great deal to do with what the company believes to be the ethical practice, or, to put it more plainly, climate change. Divesting carbon-intense assets to serve an environmental policy might be a laudable moral position, but that doesn't mean it's a rational economic one. Consider for a moment the various sources of global energy in 2021. According to Our World in Data, global energy use broke down by percentage in the following categories. Coal, 27%. Oil, 31%. Gas, 25%. Nuclear, 4%. Hydropower, 7%. Wind, 2%. Solar, 1%. Other renewables, 0.5%. To put this in perspective, fully 84% of global energy production in 2021 was sourced from coal, oil, and gas. Green energy proponents often tout the declining oil and gas sector as a percentage of the global energy portfolio, but that obscures the fact that fossil fuel consumption is still growing every year. Yes, more renewables are coming online and they represent a growing percentage of the global energy mix. But the total amount of coal, oil, and gas consumed is still trending upward. Reversing fossil fuel production, growth, and switching global energy use to a majority renewable infrastructure will take more than just additional renewable capacity. This is because fossil fuels are uniquely transportable and renewables are not. Oil produced halfway around the world 
can and does power industry and transportation on the other side of the planet, while wind, solar, hydro, and nuclear can never fill that void in the same way. A renewable world must transition energy use from the far-flung corners of the globe to a much more localized pattern of generation and consumption. Physical limits to electrical power transmission will require renewable power generation that is much closer to where it's consumed and that is well suited to the geography and weather patterns of the local area. Whole industries and even population centers that thrived in the fossil fuel world may not be practical in a renewable energy world. This is not to say that the shift is impossible, but rather meant to highlight the fact that the energy production and consumption are grounded in physical reality and can't be shifted using climate pledges and corporate mission statements alone. In preparing this write-up, we searched the last several years for examples of fossil fuel divestitures or spinoffs that took place purely for ideological and not financial or business reasons, but couldn't find any. A few of the oil majors sold assets outright, but the sales did not result in a new public company whose track record could be analyzed post-transaction. Given the ever-increasing pressure on oil and gas companies to exit the industry, however, we believe that this trend to divest carbon-intensive assets will only increase in the coming years. With no specific ideological spin-off examples to go on, what can we compare the current situation to? At what other time in history did an entire industry become a social pariah without regard to its underlying economics? One example that comes to mind, and it's one that's been widely written about, is the mantra that oil is the new tobacco. Beginning in the 1970s, tobacco went from legitimate social institution to public enemy number one. Tobacco companies could not advertise on TV, were forced to include health warning labels on their products, and were the target of public and private anti-tobacco media campaigns. Despite these headwinds, it's worth noting that tobacco companies have remained quite profitable all the way to the present day. Despite any obvious similarities drawn from the oil is the new tobacco sentiment, there is one major factor that the comparison doesn't account for, and that's the fact that nobody needs tobacco. I'm sure if you're addicted to tobacco, you'd argue against that point. But when it comes down to it, the world would not grind to a halt if the tobacco industry were eliminated tomorrow. But remove oil and gas, and the world would grind to a halt. If you flip the switch and shut down fossil fuel production today, society would regress by centuries and experience massive social upheaval along the way. For this reason, we believe that fossil fuel companies must be allowed to operate until the global energy transition is complete. And we believe that day is much further in the future than most people think it is. Individual companies may divest dirty assets to improve their ESG ranking, but the industry itself cannot be divested until it is replaced by a new energy system, one that can take over the 80 plus percent 
of global energy demand currently satisfied by fossil fuels. Switching back to Total Energy's planned divestment of its oil sands unit leaves us with few specifics about the spinoff. Due to the fact that the spinoff is not yet approved, and we haven't yet seen the financials. Until we see pro forma accounting statements and review the proposed spinoff's debt load and capital structure, we won't be able to perform any fundamental or comparative analysis, and we won't be able to complete our assessment of the spinoff's investment merits. What we can know, however, is that oil and gas are not going away in the next few years. Additionally, we know that the Canadian oil sands are the third largest proven oil reserve on the planet, behind Saudi Arabia and Venezuela. We also know that Canada is an export economy, and the majority of its export revenue comes from the fuel industry, which ensures a political interest in maintaining oil sand-derived jobs, revenue, and taxes. Furthermore, the environmental impact of oil sands extraction continues its technologically driven march towards lower environmental impact per barrel of oil extracted. As operators shift from open pit style surface mining towards steam and chemical based drill extraction techniques. Because of the above listed factors, we can reasonably assume that extraction from the Canadian oil sands will continue for years into the future, but knowing whether or not this particular spinoff will be profitable for investors will require further analysis. Again, we will have to review the spinoff company's debt load, capital structure, and price before making any decision to invest or not to invest. Total Energies will almost certainly offload some debt with the spinoff, as the transaction offers them an irresistible opportunity to clean up their own balance sheet. If the debt is onerous, it could set the spinoff up for bankruptcy and restructuring, much like Honeywell's Garrett Motion spinoff, and further delay the investment opportunity until after the company is properly capitalized. Much of the company's financial viability will, of course, be a product of the oil price at the time of the spinoff. The Canadian oil sands have a higher production cost than do standard drilling operations so a low oil price will put the operation at risk, where a price above about $70 per barrel or more would allow for a profitable operation. As to price, I suspect the spinoff will trade at an attractive valuation simply because the industry is subject to a global, intense, and focused anti-oil movement. For investors, this is where the opportunity lies. Whenever a company, like Total Energies, decides to spin something out, not because of the business fundamentals, but instead because the business is out of alignment with their moral principles, you have a rare opportunity for price and value to diverge. It is worth looking at a few of Total Energy's climate-related statements before we wrap up, just to understand their level of commitment to divesting oil and gas. A few of the statements from their last annual report include. In 2020, in line with its new climate ambition announced on May 5, 2020, which aims at carbon neutrality, 
Total Energies had reviewed its oil assets that could be qualified as stranded and therefore had decided to impair its oil sands assets in Canada. Total Energies' ambition is to get to net zero by 2050 across its production and energy products used by its customers. Scope 1 plus 2 plus 3 together with society. A resolution presenting this ambition to get to net zero and its 2030 targets was approved by the combined shareholders meeting of May 28, 2021. It also states total energy's principles for capital expenditure allocation. Total energies evaluates the solidity of its portfolio, including new material capital expenditure investments on the basis of relevant scenarios. Each material CapEx investment, including in the exploration, acquisition, or development of oil and gas resources, as well as in other energies and technologies, is subject to an evaluation that takes into consideration the objectives of the Paris Agreement. In order to evaluate the resilience of its portfolio, Total Energies works on the basis of long-term oil and gas price scenario compatible with the objectives of the Paris Agreement. As described in Note 3D, Assessment Impairment, the price trajectory retained for oil by the company for the computation of its impairments converges in 2040 towards the $50 per barrel price retained by the IEA's SDS scenario. From the 2040, the price trajectory converges towards the price retained in 2050 by the IEA's NZE scenario, i.e. $25 per barrel. The price retained for gas stabilizes at the 2040 at lower levels than current prices and converges towards IEA NZA scenario price in 2050. It's interesting to note not only the strength of Total Energy's climate commitment, but also their precise prediction for decades into the future. Any company that can so accurately predict future prices would probably do better in the futures market than in the energy business. All joking aside, there are so many complex interrelations in markets that any price prediction is almost guaranteed to be wrong. We can know with some certainty that oil and gas will remain a key element to global energy markets for decades to come, but accurately predicting prices across those decades sets you up for some very unsound business decisions. With any luck, for us investors, this ideological spinoff will turn out to be a great investment, and as always, we'll keep you updated as the thesis plays out. With that, we hope you enjoyed another episode of Special Situation Investing. Please consider sending us a boost on Fountain if you received any value from this episode, or consider switching to Fountain via our affiliate link if you have, haven't already switched to this better form of podcasting and peer-to-peer value exchange.